Welcome to The Table, where three women of three generations are navigating together how to pursue God as Father, Jesus as Lord, and Spirit as Shepherd through every stage of life. It doesn't always look pretty, and it's never perfect, but we're always aiming to sharpen each other as iron on iron. So sister, pull up a chair, settle in, and get ready to grow with us in today's episode of The Iron Women. Hey sisters, welcome back to today's episode. We are going to be jumping right in to our topic, which is leadership. All things leadership. We have a lot to go over, but before we do that, we are going to do our connection card question, which if you listen to our previous episode on communication, the fun cup question on the, at the end of that was about how many pillows do you sleep with? <laughs> and I kind of mentioned that I have to have a heating pad. And so this question relates to that because our question today is what temperature do you keep your house set at? And I know every woman is thinking right now, well, I would like to keep it at this certain temperature, yeah. but my husband... <laughs> husband or your roommate wants yeah. a different thing. So I'm, yeah. that's probably going to come up. We mm-hmm, can all relate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, let's throw that out. What temperature do y'all keep your house set out in your worlds? What would you like, but what is the reality? Okay. We keep our temperature at, well, it's different during the summer and the winter. So we're at like 74 in Ooh. the summertime. In the summer? In wow. The summer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's comfy enough. Um, Okay, but I also <laughs> never wear my hair down because I will sweat my dang butt well, off. Yeah, it's 74. <laughs> right? So I pretty much always have my hair up during the entire summer months. Okay. And I can't like convince my husband that I need to crank it down to like 68 just so that I can do my hair. So yeah, it's that. And then for winter time, I think that we... I, th- I think I'm only allowed to. <laughs> I really could if I wanted to, but it's, you know, you pick your She's battles. submitting. I submit. <laughs> That's a dirty word. No. <laughs> um, uh, we keep it at like, I think 72. In the winter. In the winter time. Yeah. yeah and nice. so it's, you know, like it's, I, but I, I also hate being cold. Like I hate mm. being cold. Yeah. And so I hate I, being cold. Yeah. So I can deal with like a little bit of heat. You know, I'm also from Florida too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I know I'm like from like New England, but that was all pulled out of me. <laughs> so yeah. I'm a Florida girl. And so yeah. I can stand to be yeah. hot, you know, but cold. I, mm, 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 nope. So like, yeah, no. So yeah, we tried to do space heaters <laughs> one winter to try and like lower the bill. That did not work. And so my husband caved and now I get to keep my house at a good, good 72, sometimes 73 if I'm lucky. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, we were talking about this previously, you know, the, the actual money difference. Oh yeah. It's like minute. It it is. I mean, you know, one out to eat meal would definitely cover it. Cover the cost. But yeah. um, Well, you know, I used to be cold all the time. Mm. And so I have since changed. And so I like, I like it to be 68 in the summer. Um, But um, I, I have another person living with me. (laughs) And, um, you know, they, they will give in to me once in a while, but they like to keep it around 71. 
Okay. And so, um, which to me is just so hot. You know, if (laughs) I have to move at all, 71 is just like the desert for me. I do. Yeah. 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 So um, I will say too, if I'm cleaning my house, I will bump that sucker down. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I can't. But see, that that's a thing. Like you do stuff like that constantly. And so, yeah. And then, you know, the shower and the hair drying. So I put fans on me when I'm drying my hair. Me and too. Yeah. It's just, yeah. So, but in the winter, I don't mind it being around a, a 71, 72. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. So <laughs> he thinks I'm so difficult when I'm really not as difficult with that stuff as he Very thinks. average. Very <laughs> average. I tell him like, would you please go have some conversation with, with other, some women? other women? I know, right? Yes. Yeah. We're going to so, send this to each one of our husbands. Yes. To listen yes. To this part. Yeah. Uh, because see the, the, the new thing we have now, um, we got a few years ago, you can hear when you click it. Oh, <laughs> oh, and he hears. He has yes. like bionic ears only for <laughs> yeah. the air system. Yeah, and he will hear if oh someone goes and clicks it. Yeah. He checks it constantly. Well, there are some people with like the digital system now, so it's like, on their phone. I mean, that poor person, they uh-huh. can't even like turn it down a little bit because oh, then no. it just like sends notifications yeah. across the board yeah. to the whole family yeah. system. Like- yeah, when I lived at home, I would do the whole thing where I'd wait till I would hear him snoring. That, <laughs> and, and he's a pretty loud snorer. So like, I knew he couldn't hear the clicking over his own snoring yeah so uh-huh. that's when i would go out in the night if i knew he was secured mm-hmm. sleeping oh and snoring, she would jack that and i would babe. be like click 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 but then i would forget because yes. he got up first in the morning and i ain't getting up at like 5 5 36 <laughs> and he'd come out and then i'd hear about the next day did someone why was who, who, it yeah who? <laughs> he'll frame it in a way that's like he not direct towards uh-huh. one person just oh, be yes. like um, did someone, you know, I noticed the air was yeah. turned down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does like, anyone okay. want to fess up to that? Firing yeah. squad time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but thankfully me and my husband, we just got married in the last year, obviously. And we are on the same page about the air conditioning, which is yeah. such a blessing. Yeah. Um, but it does. So we, during the daytime all year round, um, we have kept it at 69 during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, So, and we do live in an apartment. Um, I will, you know, give a little disclaimer that we in our apartment don't have to pay for fluctuating like electric bills. Yeah. We have chosen the route of like, we pay the same amount every month, which really works great for us because Mm -hmm. what I'm about to say can shock some people Um, at nighttime. So whenever he gets ready to go into bed, he cranks that sucker down to 62 degrees Mm -hmm. (laughs) every single night. So in the middle of the night, when you get up to pee, you are freezing you your butt off. Yeah. And you are running back and forth from the bed to the toilet. And, and the potty's cold, too. The toilet uh-huh. seat's freezing cold. Mm-hmm. The back of it, mm-hmm. when you put your mm-hmm. back and your hair's yeah. not And long. now all of a sudden you're awake again. It yes. takes you another hour to yes. go back to sleep. Hence why I said in the previous episode, I have in the past couple of like months learned to get a heating pad. Because yeah. it has gotten to where... I have gotten, you know, pretty cold in the nighttime, but uh, we both love the feeling of it being freezing cold out of the bed. Yeah. And we have multiple fans running. I explained this whole thing before. We're very high maintenance sleepers, (laughs) but yeah, we like to have lots of blankets, but it'd be freezing cold. We love that feeling. Yeah. And it was funny when he first started traveling with us on trips (laughs) and in the night he would crank it down. This was before I was, you know, cause he's been in our family a long time and I'm like, yeah, Matt, no, we paid for the place yeah <laughs> we're dictating the and he'd be like miserable every night he'd he be would. sweating yes. he really, his body he is, is he, he 
only just sweats, 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 sweats. Yeah. If it is yeah. not like And then there's cold. Jonathan who freezes yeah. if it's Jonathan 73 degrees. <laughs> yeah. They're polar opposites. But That's me. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> we would love to hear about y'all's marital <laughs> disputes. No, just tell our husbands so they know we're not <laughs> yes, weird. Yes, please. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, today's topic is about leadership. And we kind of wanted to start the episode off with just acknowledging what we believe is the obvious but may not be obvious to everyone is the fact that everyone, no matter who you are or what you do in life, you do have some sort of sense of leadership in some capacity of your life because everyone we believe holds impact or a certain level of influence. That could be just in your family. If you're a parent, you hold influence over your kids. Um, Or in your workspace, you hold influence there. Even if you're not the boss, Mm -hmm. you hold influence. Um, In church, you hold influence, whether it's you're just an attender or you serve in some capacity or you're in a leadership position. In your friendships, that is your circle of influence. And everyone falls into one or more of those categories. So everyone is a leader in some way. It's really about asking who is in your sphere um, and who are you influencing and how are you influencing them? Mm-hmm. Um, and we believe, and we want to talk about how all believers are leaders. Mm-hmm. Why yeah. do we, mm-hmm. why is that statement true? Yeah, well, um, we read this in a, in a book recently from our Bible teaching development team. It was in there and I think that it just, it really stuck out to me because Basically, he had explained about how, like, God chose each and every one of us as leaders of the world, even in Old Testament time and everything else. Like, those people, like, God's people group is who he chose to lead the world to him. You know, Israelites and everything else, like, they were the people that were chosen to lead people to his glory and and who he was, you know? And so before the foundations of time, God chose us as leaders. If you are a Christian, you are a leader because you hold the identity of Christ and you are trying to lead people in a direction that glorifies and introduces people to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's, it's, it is good to kind of talk about that meaning of leader, because I think most people have leader as the pastor, right? Um, the boss, um, you know, the husband, the father, sure. and all of those are true. But um, leadership does fall when you just put leadership into the context of influence and impact. Yes. And um, just those around you in your sphere. So that's the direction we're going to go with that. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like once we talked about this, because leadership, once again, big topic, big topic. So, um, you know, I just even think, you know, I thought about motherhood, Yeah. you know, and wow, what, what a role of leadership mm-hmm. there is there and, um, just impacting and influencing your children. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, I remember like even with Erica, you know, going through the, the primary and middle school years and stuff and just saying, listen, you know, I'm not here to be your bestie. Yeah. I'm placed in a role of leadership mm-hmm. and I am to impact and influence you to a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes the, the craziness with leadership can be, if you get too control hungry, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I, I have read way too many books on leadership. And I remember when I started seeing the concept of servant leadership, mm-hmm. and there is 
a lot of truth to that. I also remember when they said there's a difference between being a boss and a manager. Mm. Um, and so, wow, there's just so much out there. So I think one of the number one things with leadership is let's look at ourselves like right now, instead of thinking about all the leaders in your life, think about yourself. Mm-hmm. And how are you impacting and influencing people around you? Because if you don't see yourself that way, you will easily release yourself from the responsibility that has been given to us. That's good. And you will just think, oh, it's everyone else's job to do this for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what happened with a lot of parenting. They just released that aspect of all the Christian spiritual stuff to the church and the the Christian Christian school. school. And when in reality, the first line of defense in parental le- in, in leadership for children is the parental leadership. Mm-hmm. So um, is and so when you think about that, we want to be people of integrity. Yeah, it is hard to lead, influence, impact anyone if you're not a person of integrity. What does yeah. that mean? Because I know like a lot of people will say like, yeah, okay, we hear that all the time. Integrity, integrity. But like at the end of the day. What does integrity look like? What is what is integrity in leadership? Oh, it's it's oh, that's another thing. It's a lot of things. Integrity is not that they're a perfect leader. Mm-hmm. So you're not a perfect mother. You're not a perfect um, women's ministry director. You're not a perfect boss. You're not a perfect. Um, you know, like, um, you know, in factories and stuff, you, you have so many little levels of leadership at work, whether you over three people, five people, um, you know, this, this supervisor or the regional. Um, and so what that means is it's not that you're perfect. You will make mistakes. Right. You will even do things by choice that are wrong because mm-hmm. we're human. But integrity means that you are just going to lead and live in such a way that you are above reproach as much as you possibly can be. Yeah. And that, you know, there's not a whole lot of accusation that can be said out there about you. Yes. Yeah. Um, Even though you can't control those things. And for me, one of the things has been longevity. Yeah. And I think that's why it's just easier to follow someone that's been doing something for a little while and you've watched them. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not too flashy. They're trustworthy. Um, they're not always going to just tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. Um, they're going to try to, you know, place value on what you need, but it may be that what you need to hear and what places value on you is the hard thing. Yeah. yeah. So integrity has a lot to do with character. It's it's not reputation because I can't determine Your what reputation. my reputation yeah. is in my community. Right. You know, one, nowadays, one person can make an accusation and you're done. And that's completely off base too. Completely off base. And mm-hmm. so it's it's the grace of God that allows you to maintain any type of reputation right. in this in this society. Mm-hmm. So I go more on character. Yeah. Character. Yeah. Who that person is on just a daily basis. Yeah. I guess where I go like where my mind went was to like leading from a full cup, like pouring out from a full cup just making sure that what's coming out of you is first sourced from the source, um, you know, which is Christ. And like, just making sure, like, I don't know, I just, I think integrity and how much easier it is to talk about certain topics and subjects with people. Like when I myself have walked through them and like, at least made an attempt to surrender 
to to Jesus what the yeah. issue is or what you know what I mean? It's yeah. authentic. Yeah, it's yes. That's ex- thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. It's it's authentic. Like it's an authentic relationship that that I have with God behind the scenes, behind the closed door. Like that's where I'm pouring out from. Yeah. That's where I'm operating from. That's where like I'm in prayer over like my business and the business decisions and who I'm hiring and and my movements that I'm making and like and people that I'm maybe discipling or mentoring or whatever, you know, like I'm in prayer for that person. I'm like when I'm going throughout my days or whatever, like I'm just curiously talking to God about the things that are happening. And, um, you know, can I elevate this? Can I use this in some way? Oh, that makes me think of this person, this person, man, I, God, you just gave me the grace to walk through that so well. I'm going to share that with this person, you know, like it's just, it's, it's an authenticity, Mm -hmm. like your own relationship with God is, is what is sourcing how you're leading. Yeah. It's, it's being the same person, the leader in the front is the same person as the person behind the door Mm. that you are at home or just by yourself when you're at the office and everyone else has left. Yeah. You're not making the same decisions that you would be making, whether your boss was in the room or your family was in the room or your spouse or your friends or your pastor, you know, like you, you're living an authentic, a consistent life of character and character ultimately, character can be based on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, non-believers can have character. Yes. They can be people yeah. of integrity, moral character, yeah. right? Because yeah. they can have ethics. They can be doing Honest. things honestly, mm-hmm. um, above reproach. But being believers gives us a different fuel behind the character. All of our character is built on the Word and the principles mm-hmm. of the Word, right? And and who Christ is and mm-hmm. how that shows up and how we lead. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we touched on all of that. Um, Someone said, I don't know which one of you said it, but I liked it. Leadership is an action in which one person guides those around them to move from one point to another. It's taking you and even if it's one other person in a friendship or you and your spouse, you and your kids, or you and a group of people at work or a service ministry at church, it's a movement. Let's Mm -hmm. move from here, see the vision or put people in place, if you're not the person that's the visionary, right. finding someone that is the visionary, but it's the moving people from point A to point B. Yeah. That's what a leader is. And yeah. that that comes a lot into even gifting, mm-hmm. you know, because there are going to be some people that are gifted in this, that they can bring a group of people together and get them mobilized and get yeah. them accomplishing things. And some people aren't as good as that. Right. So there's going to be gifts of leadership Um. And then there's just going to be, okay, we're all leading. So a mother is leading a child from one phase, one stage to the next stage. You know, a mother can just say, I'm not going to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that child will struggle to get to the next stage. Right. Um, Or it can just be a school teacher. And a school teacher is like, okay, yes, I'm a teacher, but I need to get these kids from point A to point B by the end of the year. How am I going to lead them to do that? Mm-hmm. And um, it's 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 in everything. I mean, everyone I look at, I look at as a potential leader because if you're if you're not doing someone else, you're at least with yourself. Yeah. How am I moving? How am I leading myself? Yeah. So that is one of the criteria I have had for people that 
I allow to influence my thinking? Yeah. How have they led themselves? Yeah. Because there is a lot of truth to, and we've talked about this before, like, yeah, I'm still a hot mess and I still struggle and this and I, this and this and this. And we think that's being real and authentic, but in reality, we've just not taken those steps to lead ourselves. Yeah. And so if 30 years later, I'm still saying I'm struggling with Bible reading and doing something, there's a problem there. Yeah. It's, it's not that you're just real still. You know, you're not leading yourself, right? You're not taking responsibility. And so I just have this, I I don't, I don't know. My husband says, it's just a way I think I just live this way. How do I get women from point A to point B, then point B to point C? Um, I don't do point A to point Z. (laughs) I do go point A to B to C, then D and then on. Yeah. Because I, I love for women to experience that. So yeah, just, um, well, and it goes back to that longevity that you talked about too, because oftentimes, especially in discipleship, is it's a long oh, yes. game. Yes. Like it's not like A to B could be six or, to eight yeah. months or, or four, four years. years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like for seriously, yeah. like let's just get you reading your Bible every day for yeah. a consistent long period of yeah. time. And then we can start talking about some of these other bigger, right. Half of those issues are going to be taken care of once you get the word into your yes. life every day, you yes. know, like, so anyways, I, I don't know. I just, that's what I was just brought to Like this is, it's a long game. Mm-hmm. It just, it takes time. It takes perseverance. It takes <laughs> long suffering, like it take all those fruits of the spirit, you know what I mean? So yeah, on the note of long game, yeah, can we talk about the benefits yes. of sticking it out in a place for a long period of time, whether it's mm-hmm. ministry, work relationships, your own family, working yeah. through things for a long, not just a boarding ship when things get hard or right. yeah. toxic in quotes, and <laughs> how to build equity in people over the long game, the value yeah. of that. Yeah. I'm, this is just one of my core beliefs. Yeah. And um, years ago, I was listening to Tim Keller and he was saying um, it, what he sees a lot in ministry is a lot of turnover. Yeah. And the going gets rough, you know, then they get going. Um, It's, you know, it's gotten boring. Mm -hmm. And so they want that new excitement feeling of a ministry. And he said, but there is a lot to be said about a pastor and his wife or a Sunday school teacher or, you know, whatever area of ministry that will just be in their community or whatever community God's called them to and just stick it out through all the ugly. Mm -hmm. And the reason he said why it's really important now made a lot of sense. He's, and this was, um, this is 10, 12 years ago, I heard this and now it's even more so. Mm -hmm. Our culture does not breed trustworthiness. Yeah. So, you know, for my children, Children, they have no concept of what it means to be able to trust the the role of a president, mm. um, even the role of a pastor now, because my kids have seen and heard about so many people in those leadership that have just abused, abused yeah. the role of leadership. And so, but if you have someone that through time has just maintained like a stable day in and day out, not too many highs, not too many low lows, but just that builds trust with people. Yeah. And so I remember years ago when the Lord was transitioning us in ministry, one of the desires Jeff and I had was, 
okay, you've, you've, for some reason, placed us in a community. At that point, it had been 22 like years, 21, 22 years. And we were like, you know, like that means something. Mm. That means something to people in a community when they've watched one couple go from their 20s to their 40s. And they've just maintained. Mm. It's not that we're out there doing grand, glorious things. Right. Um, but we're also not out there just like dragging our family and Christianity through the mud either. Right, right. And so we just asked the Lord, is there any way that we can stay in our community? Mm. And he was gracious enough to grant us that request. Yeah. And we see all the time how that has proven to be something that has helped in ministry. Yeah. Well, this is something that I think the Lord is very recently kind of showing me the value of. Um, you know, we just recently moved from our old community and we planted some roots there and we were there serving faithfully for, you know, over a decade. And, um, I don't think that either of us really like knew how much fruit like that was, was there or like just the impact of that, you know, Mm. like we were just kind of expecting for like, it's funny that you say that because we were kind of received a little bit with like skepticism, I would say, you know, just like kind of like a little bit Mm -hmm. arm's length. Like they wanted to get to know us. They wanted to see who we were. What was our foundation? Who were we like? You know, they didn't just like receive us like open, you know, like, or what we had to say are very important opinions, but you know, know? which is rare (laughs) because a lot of times in church culture, especially new people show up in your church Mm. and they come in with these stories of like, oh yeah, my previous church, we did this program and we started up this, had all the success and it could all be true. Yeah. Yeah. But You've got to let people before you throw them up on a platform. Yeah, if, pr- yeah. be them. weary. Yeah, and you know, tread lightly with brand new people you don't have any equity with, or yeah. history with, or know their track record or their character, or you can't call up multiple yeah. references of previous yes. ministries. Right, where like I can no, this person's legit. Like you can, yeah. Or if someone says, yeah. oh, you may want to watch out for. We've had some concerns and yeah. blah, blah. you just got to be wary of these people that come in and like, I want a platform. I want to speak. I want to teach. Come in hot. Yeah. Speak, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Slow down. Yeah. You have to be very careful about those yeah. things. And, you know, a, a, a person that's of a humble, truly wants to serve God's spirit, they'll come into a new ministry like, you know, listen, I'll do whatever you need. Yep. You know, um, I'm always I'm always a little bit more. And I know this because I have been leader tight person all my life. Right. And so I know I just can't go into every new scenario like a bull in a china shop. And so I learned that. <laughs> and so, you know, when we have had people do that, I want to look at, are you willing to do the grunt work? Mm-hmm. Without the the glory of like a yes. title position, but right. still putting in the work. Yeah, I'm very cautious. And every leadership book with ministry has told us that. Be very cautious with the people that want to come in immediately and be the teacher of the class. Yeah. Or they want a place on stage. Because mm. quite honestly, I don't know who you are. Mm. And, you know, if you're a pastor, you're responsible Mm. Who shepherds your people? Yeah, and so um, yeah, leadership can can get really hairy because I've been in leadership positions and then I've stepped into things where I could have been a leader, but I'm like, you know what? These people don't know me. Mm. Even when we came to our church, you know, about seven and a half years ago, Jeff said, "Okay, Deanna, remember, 
a lot of these people have never heard of us. Mm-hmm. They don't know that we've been in this community for 21 years, mm-hmm. serving just the people of our community, the people of our church in whatever way God wants us to. He said, we've, we've got to build our trust with them. Yeah. And so um, I'm like, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. And, and people with the right attitude that you actually do want to be your leaders understand that yeah. and are humble enough to realize I got to earn these people yes. respect. Yeah. I got to yes. earn the equity. It, yeah. It's the people that come in and like, yeah, well, I'll get that. I'll get that while I'm doing it. Mm, no, yeah. I'll get that while, with the leadership position. Yeah. Those are the ones she got. A little flag is, is waving. Yeah. Oh, They're yes. a little too Flags eager. A little too <laughs> eager for some authority or power title. Yeah. The real ones are like, yeah, I, I respect that. I got to earn it. So let's give it a few years and I'll put, put in the time, get yeah. to know these people. And they'll eventually themselves, the people yes. will speak up and be like, man, that guy needs to be head of a group. Yeah. yeah, we love yeah. that guy. He's yeah. he's gotten yeah. to know us for the last five years. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but that's not to say that God doesn't move people. Yeah, yeah, God yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely moves people. I mean, that is not even an issue that you know. I feel like I have to like qualify with. Yeah, but I do say that, uh, especially in the United States of America, I think we're a little too quick to follow our whims. And to fo- go to something simply, I mean, I remember Erica, you gave the example of something before, like a guy that was given, you know, a guy in our church was given an opportunity for a really, really good job mm. move situation. Mm-hmm. And like he chose to stay because of his church family and things like that. But that goes in the same role with leadership. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that could be a better move. You know, it benefits me in every way. It benefits my family in every way. Man, it fulfills my dreams and wishes and all these things I I want to do in life. Mm-hmm. But at what cost? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. Um, just and the older that there. you get, the more that you start thinking about that. I oh, think. yeah. And the Lord has a funny way of setting that up, I will say, because this is, I feel like I'm kind of like fresh in this right now, you know, like having just chosen to like move our family up here across, you know, like we were a little bit naive to this whole, like, and we can't, we came from a pretty, like, it was a non-denominational large church, lots of people to connect with and stuff. And so we kind of came with this like naive idea of like, well, they're just going to love us, (laughs) you know, like, um, and so it was like a little bit of like, um, not, not like a shock. It was just, um, it was a very real, like a, a reality dose for us to kind of realize that like, well, we're in year three now and it's like, we're, f- we finally feel like some of that equity is being yeah. built yeah. and some of those conversations are starting to like go places and everything else, you know, but it did, it took, it took a little bit of time yeah. and I won't even lie to you and say that like we weren't frustrated by yeah. it and not that we were like right. power hungry or like anything like that. We were just like, right to serve. people like right. us, yeah. you know? Yeah, you're right to serve. And then you wanted us to know that y'all were real. Yeah, yes. You wanted us to know that. But you cannot inflict that (laughs) on anyone. Yes. Not in today's culture. Yeah. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. And also to touch on when speaking in, you know, church ministry world, like we have been in this context, that's why it's so important to kind of what we talked about in a previous episode of We Are Church Girls, of choosing a church that has leadership already set in place, whether you're the new family picking a new church or you have are going 
you know, you've been in a church for years, making sure like I trust the leadership, the elders, the deacons, mm-hmm. you know, it has a lot of like strong spiritual men in the church and families that mm-hmm. have been here for a while. Yeah. Not a church that's constantly seeing turnover of new people leave, new people come. Yes. It's like you've got a solid basis of people that have been going there for a while. Like you can trust, you know, your leaders and your congregation that have, you know, laid foundations to know when someone is coming in yeah. and they're they're just you know, a whisk, a little bit of like, a, they're yeah. just a, a, some, I don't know what the word is, a, yeah. a something in the wind. Yeah. Um, they can spot that. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not dumb. If you mm-hmm. elect the right yeah. people in place to right. pick the leaders, right. They don't usually get, you know, the spotlight on the platform, yeah. but they're the ones that actually you can see, can see things behind closed doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, yeah. um, something to think about. Uh, wanted to ask, what are some things that y'all do to keep yourself accountable being in positions of leadership, whether that is ministry or work, business, family? Mm-hmm. What are just some practical things that y'all do to keep yourselves accountable? Yeah. So I forget where I learned this, probably in my ministry school in some book or something somewhere. Have you guys ever heard that quote where it's like you give person the, like the first time that you say it, like you give the person direct credit. The second time you say it, it's like, oh, well, someone said this. And the third time it's yours. Uh I invented this, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyways, I feel like that's like always, because I'm always like repeating just like random Uh little facts that I've like learned. So, but anyways, I heard this from somewhere. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how many times I've talked about it either. I don't know if it could just be mine yet. Yeah. Probably never. But anyways, um, so I've, I've always kind of heard it taught like three levels of accountability. So having trusted leadership above you, that's kind of like mentoring and discipling and pouring out into you, having friends on your level that you are being honest and open and vulnerable with and like sharing your life journey with, and then having acknowledging that there are people under you, that you are leading, that you are influencing and just kind of having those three levels. Like I know for myself, sometimes like in like, especially when I was like a newer Christian, I mean, I did my ministry school pretty early off. So they had me in leadership pretty quick, like in my walk with God. And it, it did something about it just kind of helped me to make the right choice. Like if I was in a compromising situation, knowing that like I was leading someone and yeah, what would yeah. I want that person, would I want that person hearing that I just did that, you know? And that's like, the very reason why a lot of church people don't get into discipling and mentoring relationships because they don't want the accountability that's going to require of them. It, Cause it is, yes. it really is. Yes. And like, I mean, there's a guilt that comes with it. There's like yeah. a whole bunch of stuff like you have to carry. Yeah. And then if you're not like, I mean, it can eat away at you. The very core, like if you're like in secret about it or whatever, you know, I never, I, I didn't by the grace of God, I never got to that place, you know, but it was enough. It was enough. Just having that influence over another person was just, it was enough for me to be like, no, that's, yeah. that is what it wasn't like having to confess to my friend or having to confess to my leadership. It was what that, what is that going to feel like? Or knowing that another person could make a poor choice because they saw me do it. Yeah. And I've led them into like sin, yeah. you know, like yeah. that was enough for me to be like, mm, no. Yeah. That's definitely an area that I use as well. One of the things that I have found has helped me become more accountable 
Because I have found myself to be in what you call little leadership positions all my life. I mean, yeah. when I was eight years old, nine years old, I was setting up the clubs and I was <laughs> the leader of the club. And, um, you know, all the rules, I set all the rules. And, and so I've always been there. But one of the things that helped me is seeing leadership done poorly. Mm. and how it so greatly affects the people. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have a high view of God too. Yeah. So I don't have just this attitude, oh, God understands and God, you know. No, I have a pretty big view of God and I stand in all of that. Yeah. And um, But I have been around and under leadership that, yes, yeah, some leadership that I can say, okay, this guy's more gifted in this, but not this. Mm -hmm. And so he's just weaker in this. And I I right. get that. But I've been under narcissistic leadership. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if anybody ever sees me start come narcissistic, please like slap me, do uh -huh. whatever, because I don't know, there's nothing worse than a narcissistic leader, in yeah. my opinion. But I've also been under lazy leadership. Mm. And to me, there's nothing more frustrating Mm. They can be a decent person, mm -hmm. nice guy, nice yeah, girl. Yeah, have character and integrity. Yeah, but they're lazy. Mm. And I'm just like, that is frustrated. That's not out of me. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen leadership that's in it because they just like being a leader. They're more in love with the idea of being a leader. Than the, leading. Than leading. Mm. And so I see this a lot in discipleship. And mm. um, it's kind of a pet peeve. We have all these churches and all these things. And they're like, oh, discipleship, discipleship. And I'm like, when I actually ask them, how many of your people are personally involved with other people discipling and mentoring, they cannot give me answers. And so, um, yeah, discipleship is that one thing it's fun to talk about. And oh, yes, it's all about discipleship, but no one wants to do discipleship. Yeah, because it's actually messy. It and is. Time it's consuming. messy and time consuming, uh -huh. and you've got to put yourself out there. And that to me is just the rawest form of leadership. Mm -hmm. So if I see a leader that only wants to do what, huh, I don't know, you call the glamorous or the hold a microphone job. Yeah. Hold a microphone job, but they're not willing to actually do the other I have a problem with that there's a balance because you okay, have to hold the microphone you have well. to hold the microphone well mm -hmm. and so um I don't know I think it's just having been around so many different types of leadership and trying to pull positive from them uh, sure. I always try to do that but the frustration and then just the the mess that a narcissistic leader can and you know Jeff and I've just been like you know what each of you, we have some gifts and we mm -hmm. have some skills. Um, we're not the best in all of them, mm -hmm. but let's at least try not to be this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've seen people just turn away from not just church, but God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Leaders hold power. Yes. Leader, especially in the Christian sphere. When you yes. start blurring that line with like a narcissistic leader mm. and they blur those lines of manipulation and, and, and twisting God's word into mm -hmm. feeding their own position, yep. mm -hmm. that will not only burn people, hurt people, that is like people will forsake everything of the faith yeah. because yeah. this person blurred the line. I don't even know what to think anymore. Like what was real and what was not? Yeah. What was God and what was this man? Yes. Uh, he became God. Yeah. He told me he was. Like, I could trust mm. him as much as the word. And uh, it's so, and it's hard to spot at first because it is so small. They're really good. Well, at it. when you see the them enemy. at first, they're very enticing. 
They're very yes. charming. Yes. They have the skill sets. Yeah. But that's where you got to know the word and what yeah. does it actually say and not just take people's, you know, their words yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, and you can have someone in leadership that starts out well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, honestly, sometimes the people I feel sorry the most for in Christian leadership is those where God really grows their ministry. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's just hard. You know, yeah. we, we've heard years ago, like, the the pastor God loves the most is the one he gives a church about 200, 250 people to, you know. <laughs> if he doesn't manageable. love you at all, he's giving you a really tiny church that is just a struggle or a mega church that you have so many issues, okay? Yeah. And that's obviously a joke. But when, when leadership gets to that point, I want people to know that um, there's a lot of stuff that comes with that. Yeah. And you can either handle it well, or you can fall prey to a lot of stuff. Yeah. And so I always say this, show a lot of grace. Yes. um, Give a lot of understanding, give a lot of benefit of doubt. But if a leader does wrong, deal with it. Mm -hmm. Let the powers that be deal with it. And if you're a power that be, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're the leader, if you are a leader in over a lot of people, have accountability in place like mm-hmm. not just one person who's your friend right. like have people who don't have skin in the game yeah. right in yeah. your church at all be able yeah. to call you out on something and and people that they themselves are trustworthy and have proven history track record in the community and in the faith but actually then it takes someone to listen and adhere to the accountability it's one thing like oh, oh i yeah. have oh i have a whole board yeah i have right. a whole board of accountability yeah but you don't listen to a single thing when they bring something up yeah they're like, too scared to say anything you to have you. like right. complete right. veto exactly. power but like, isn't that the same in just business world yeah and even in the home yeah mm-hmm. even in the home and yeah. so i think it just goes all around to i i say this read a lot on leadership no matter yes. who you are yeah, we'll link we'll link some books too yes. below in the resource section. You know, anything John Maxwell has out there, he, yeah. he really does a good job of just taking leadership to you are an individual that needs to place value on other individuals. Yeah. And you need to lead that way. And so as a parent, how can I add value to my children? How can I lead them well? As a daycare teacher, Mm -hmm. as a daycare director, Mm -hmm. um, as a women's ministry team leader, as, um, you know, the, the supervisor shift of 10 other people. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just looking at that responsibility that we have toward others Mm -hmm. and learning how we can do things better. Yeah. It's, we're never going to do it all well, and we're never going to do it all completely right. But I try to add, I try to read one leadership book a year. Yeah. Now, in the years where I was really becoming a leader over a lot of different areas, I was like devouring those things. Yeah. Um, any good tip idea I could have and implement. But now it's like I read one a year and I read variety ones because mm-hmm. if I read all servant leadership books, right. guess what happens to me? I get out of bounds and I start feeling like, oh, well, here I am. Jesus was servant. I need to be servant and just do everything, everything everyone needs me to do just to serve them. Okay. So, you know, I can't do all servant leadership, right. even though there are aspects of that, but just a variety of type of leadership things, even secular, mm-hmm. secular books on leadership can be really good. Um, but yeah, that, that is one thing I would say about leadership is, um, yeah, just read about it. Yeah. Different varieties. Lastly, let's talk about... The fact that leadership is hard. Mm -hmm. Leadership just is hard. Whether you're doing it well or not, there's hard pieces to leadership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And uh, unfortunately, it can lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about burnout. Maybe someone's listening and they're like, I'm in a leadership position. I've been trying to do it well. I have accountability in place, but I am burned out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just recently went to like a leadership conference and Mm -hmm. there was um, a woman, Michelle Myers. She is over the ministry. She works his way. We can link that in the resources below as well. But she spoke on this concept of evaluating your tired um, and like figuring out if it's, are you really tired? Like, do you just need a nap or are you thirsty? Am I tired from doing good or do I just need a drink from the well? And I think it kind of goes back to what I touched on a little bit with like pouring from a full cup, like making sure that like you have integrity in your walk with the Lord and everything else. But basically the way that she like kind of put this was like, if, if you're just tired, like, because doing good is tiring, like Mm, leading is tiring. Like, like you are constantly giving out of yourself. You are, you know, like it, it just, it has an aspect to it where it just tires you out just like work and and everything else, you know? Like, so if you just, if you're tired, you just need a good solid nap, like go take or, or vacation or, you know what I mean? Like go take like three days off, go put your toes in the sand or something like that. Like just give your body some reprieve Mm -hmm. and like, and you know, quit being, you know, like get a nap. But if you're thirsty, If that's the reason why you're on target for burnout, if that's the reason why you're getting so like empty and everything else, because you're not like having integrity with your walk with the Lord and you're really just needing a drink from that well, then I love the way that she put it. She said, a nap is never going to take care of that. You can take a hundred naps and you, you will still be in the same place, you know? Yes. And so that's like, I don't know. It was really impactful for me. I was like, that's that's pretty dang good. So like evaluating your tired. Yeah. Um, And that's what kind of goes back to when we were talking about some of that before, like, you know, sometimes we think, oh, we just need a vacation mm -hmm. when really like an afternoon just with the Lord. Yeah. We need a drink from the well. Like we need to get, Yeah. yeah, yep. Um, my thoughts on this is, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, <laughs> one is if, if you are a leader and you tend toward burnout and stuff, you, you have to learn some organization. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just gonna be part of it. You just can't like, just kind of like throw caution to the wind and see mm-hmm. how it works out. You have to be organized. You have to have evaluated yourself. Understand too, like, do you have some giftings and skills in leadership? Cause there's people that want to be leaders And when I talk about that, I'm talking more about role and position. Yeah. They want to be leaders and they so badly want to be leaders, Um, but they're just not gifted and skilled in that Mm. area. Mm. And, um, And so like if you think about, okay, so motherhood, the very base of leadership for us, you know, you had this kid and you have to lead. Mm-hmm. You have to lead. So I would say if if you don't understand leadership, take motherhood and just multiply it by 10 or 100, depending on mm-hmm. what level of leadership you want. And so when I think about my leadership roles, I'm able to lead in a variety of areas because I try to keep it organized. Yeah, I know what I can do and what I can't do. And I try to get people to do the things that I can't do or are just not the best use of my time. Yeah. So I know the filter. I've developed a good filter. Um, another thing you have to understand is a leader has to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And this for me has been the thing I hate the worst about being a leader. I hate it 
people think you like it because you end up having to do it. <laughs> but you have to sit and you have to have the hard conversations. You have to say to the person, okay, maybe this was my fault as a leader, but I don't think you're in the best position that you need to be in. Mm -hmm. Maybe we need to move you somewhere else. Or you have to call someone out on something. You have to fire. You have to ask someone to leave your team. I have hated those things. Those things give me the sick stomach. I yep. just I just hate when I have to do it. Um, but you have to do the hard things as a leader. You have to. Y yeah. And you if, create your own crazy. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, so, you know, some leaders, they, they want to just pass off all the hard stuff. Yeah. To someone else. And I, I I do believe in what's that called? Delegating. delegating yeah. I, I very much believe in delegating, but I've got to be careful that I'm not delegating all the hard stuff. Yeah. Um, so do the hard stuff. And then, you know, even just um, preventing burnout. And I think this can apply in motherhood, in a business, whether you work for another company or you own your own other company is leadership is equipping others to do the job. Mm -hmm. And so I can, you know, a man can be a pastor and feel like he has to do everything. Mm -hmm. Well, he will burn out. Yep. Or he can take scriptures, what it says, and you're there basically to equip the body to mm -hmm. do the work of the ministry. Right. And so, um, so as I look at my things, you know, I'm like, okay, I got this, 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 and this, this. How can I equip people to do their spiritual gift, their work in the ministry? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, that is harder than anything I've ever done, mm -hmm. is training the people. And that's where longevity comes in. That's yeah. where the time comes in. And so to lead other people well and to keep yourself from burnout is to know your own know your own strengths and weaknesses, know your boundaries, set them up. Don't be ashamed of them. Yep. Um, be honest, be real, um, stay in the word, stay close to God, but equip the people around you. Yeah. I will say one comment to that too is relinquishing control. Like realizing that in the delegating that the people below you are not going to do it how right. you Right. would do it yes. and how you maybe even necessarily want it done and trusting the Lord in that process. Yeah. And like, tr because yeah, I've, I've had to do this quite a bit in like the, the business end of things, you know, and just like letting go, you You're know, so like, good at that too. I've watched you do that. Thank you. It's, and I think that, that how you do that, um, is a great way for me to go about how I lead in various aspects of ministry mm, because mm. we don't want to do that because, you know, we think like as valuable as your business is, mm -hmm. even ministry. more so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I've, I've like, okay, do I give all these teaching opportunities up uh -huh. to these girls training and, uh -huh. and all of that? And, you know, what about those women that are, you know, and, and so it is, it's, it's, it's a dynamic that uh -huh. I have to deal with yeah. and, um, you know, and just choosing what it is that you're going to critique, choosing what yes. it is that you're going to like, yes. what are like, what are the hills that you're going to die on? Like, these are the ones that yeah. we won't like, you know, like, we're teaching the Bible. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I recently had a, I have a female friend that's in ministry and she's a, the only female on a whole male staff. And she's had dilemmas with that. And there's been a lot of good things that she's experienced and she loves her ministry and blah, blah, blah. But never once has she been given like an evaluation of any positivity. Mm. or any evaluation. Mm. And so um, after like six, seven years in ministry, she finally gets like a paper evaluation from the leader. 
and it was nothing but negative. Mm. And I'm like, man, yeah, that hurts. That yeah. hurts. It wasn't even Oreoed. You know how, you know. Yeah, right. Sandwiched. <laughs> Sandwiched, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it funny how I use the Oreo scenario for that? Okay. Funny how that bleeds in. Funny how that bleeds in. Uh -huh. um, and I felt so badly for her. Yeah. I felt so badly for her. And um, and so what I did is like, Deanna, remember that. And so I was mm. typing out notes for my own meeting coming up here this week. And I'm like, okay. All these wonderful things because they have, but it's so easy to focus on squeaky wheel stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so um, there's just so much. It's hard. Yeah. You know, because you so badly want to do everything right for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. you can't and you won't. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that reminded me of what you were saying earlier about the delegating the task. Um, I heard someone say lead the goal in leadership is not to be irreplaceable. Right. You do not want to know you do. It sounds great when like mm. when people like stroke you and flatter you like, oh, oh yeah. no one could be you. No one can do it like you can. That's and and that may be true because you bring a uniqueness to how the work right. is done. Right. Or you have skills that, you know, that you are skilled in an area. Or you're just a flat, hard worker. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you do not want to be irreplaceable. That mm -hmm. is a, a level of influence that can very easily turn Oh, it's negative, pride, yeah. Poorly, yeah. because mm -hmm. when something happens to you that is out of your control and you're the head of a business mm -hmm. and you've never trained anyone else to do the things that you do, um, that's a dangerous, messy place uh -huh. to be in. Yeah. Yeah. That uh -huh. is dangerous. And and when you just get burned out and you just want to quit and mm. you don't have a team of people behind you that you have trained and equipped and empowered yes. to, to take up right. you know, the work when you need to need a break. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, I don't want to be there. Yeah. You yeah. want to yes. be replaceable. Like yes. you want to have a yeah. team of people yep. that can just pick up where you left off. Yep. Yeah. It's funny because when I have my ministry team meetings and stuff like that, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I I think I can die now with this group. Yeah. You know, I can die now. I think women's ministry would go on at this church. It doesn't have to look like how I did it. Right. But I think we've got enough women trained with yeah. the with the just the thought process of this needs to be here. Yep. Um and so they're well, like, oh, funny. Deanna, don't say that, but that's that's how we should be. Well, it's funny too because in in the beginning, like I remember pretty early on in like the development of this team that you were telling us like, okay, you're replacing yourself. Yeah. Who, who are you bringing up behind you? Like, yep. who are you pouring into? Like, who have you chosen? I mean, that happened like early. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right you know? away. So That's what every leadership books, every good leadership book's going to tell you. Yeah. Who are you training alongside of you to yeah. kind of take your place and replace you? And with not the idea they have to do it exactly like you. Right. But have the skills and yeah. and the know how to lead yeah. this scenario. Yeah. yeah. Maybe just quickly touch on before we close up with our fun cup question. Just quickly touch on um, how to counsel or rehab hurt leaders that are on the other side of burnout. There has been burnout. Mm, yes. And there, an actual real issue in leadership has happened. Maybe someone they're submitting to, um, and there's been hurt there. How do you rehab from that? Um, but then the, uh, both sides of the coin on that when a leader has made a real mistake of sin and like true scandal based in sin, um, but then the other side of that. So I, if I think you're asking this, um, so we have a leader that um, has been hurt 
Um, they're so, on the other side of burnout. There's burned out, but you, they're also are, okay. Hurt. So I'm just going to have to speak within the context of the Christian world, the church yeah, world. The church. But as I sit here and try to co- real quickly think of it, I think it could apply in most areas. So this is one thing that God's been able to. Um, he's allowed Jeff and I to be. Uh, part of a lot of other Christian couples healing. And um, even though there's been times we needed the healing time, <laughs> um, God just been good to us. We've not, we've not just gotten completely knocked down. Um, you know, he's not done anything in ministry or marriage or relationships that is, and, and nor have I praised the Lord, thank the Lord, that is all him. But we have had some friends in ministry and people we know that um, people in a church have just done them wrong. Mm. And um, or, you know, just the ministry itself. And so our church, you know, has been a place where we've had numerous people come in and out. And most, you know, most of the times no one will even know because they'll tell us, we just need a few months just to come and sit in the back here. And mm. we're like, okay, we won't announce you. We won't, yeah. you know, say all these things. And so that has been a huge blessing because we wanted to be that. I was that. just going to say, what a blessing. Yeah, we wanted to be that. I also know that a larger church in our area um, some of our ministry people have been able to go because they've been anonymous there and they just need anonymity for mm-hmm. a little while. Um, but if you have someone that's been burned out, just be as encouraging as you can to them. Yeah. You know, just um, understand that ministry leadership is one of the hardest aspects of leadership in our culture today. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because I'm in it. I'm seeing it said. I'm seeing it exampled because we demand and have such high expectations of our spiritual leaders. Yeah. And I say spiritual leaders, you know, biblical leaders, church leadership. Just be very careful. They're human. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've been told, um, you know, I, I know that when even I share my struggles and stuff with women, I'll get this comment, and it's kind of weird. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that you've had a rough week and you struggle with this as well because (laughs) it makes you human. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't very encouraging to me, you know? Yeah, take me off your pedestal, please. Yes. And it was just like, because all that does is it reinforces that mentality of, oh, they still think that way towards spiritual leadership. Yeah. And so, um, you know, encourage them, let them have their space mm. um, and pray. And like, we've we've done lots of counseling. I've counseled lots of ministry wives mm. that, yeah, and just, and letting them help, letting them find some ministry in other areas because they still have that heart. Yeah. And so um, it happens all the time. And the goal is to help them to where they don't just pull away from it all together. Well, then you have, I think, what you mentioned, like the leader that um, makes a sinful choice, mm-hmm. whether once or over and over and over again. And, you know, one, um, it hurts a lot of people. Yeah. But I also say people do not put your leaders in such a place that when they do commit a sin, um, that it rocks your world. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's responsibility on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's a hard dynamic, but it needs to be dealt with. I yeah. think we we are learning our lessons 
from keeping the secrets of leadership. Um, yeah. But there is an element of how you handle things. Yeah. And, um, you know, allow for your leadership to go through their own struggles. Um, but it's, it's going to be up to that specific group, that organization, how they handle it. Do they oust the person? Right. Do they walk through with that person? Because I do believe there is a level of accountability and um, church discipline, even yeah, with church, leadership. Yeah. Even with church, dis- yeah, ch- uh, church discipline with leadership. So every situation is unique. Yeah. It depends on the hurt, whether you keep them in the Yes. In the body. Yeah. And so I've, I've seen that done in, in this community where a church leader has fallen into sin um, by choice, um, right. and it greatly affected his family and the church. But the church said, we want you to stay here, and we want to restore you back. Mm-hmm. We want to be part of your restoration. And they're still part of that church. He doesn't hold the same role necessarily, but still part of that church and Mm. maintain their church family. Mm. They didn't have to give it all up, you know, and it was just a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. um, And see how they handled that so well in leadership. Yeah. So um, always grace. Yeah. But there does come a time where you have to suffer the consequences for your your choices. Right. You know, it's not just mistakes. Yeah. It's choices we make. Yeah. So, and just, and pray for your leaders, good gracious, pray for them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, okay. So I have been a part of several situations where people have fallen from grace. Um, some people have like gotten burnt out. Most of what I've seen is people, uh, making really poor choices and falling into sin and having to be removed. Um, the one thing that I would say that has been damaging that I've seen from it not handled well is when, um, not that details like detail details are needed, but, um, I'm not into this whole, um, pray for such and such. They need it. Hmm. People have way too wild of imaginations. People don't have the amount of self-control to be able to handle that. Like either you're going to say what it is that they need prayer for, or don't say anything at all. Because like, I mean, I could, I have seen that like literally all of a sudden now there's a rumor spinning about so-and-so is having an affair of, of just because of a prayer request, you know what I mean? So, um, I will say like when, um, I've seen that done well, I've seen that done not so well, but give give what it is that they're stepping down for. Or like if you're removing someone, like at least give, um, there was moral failure uh, in this person's life and they've needed to be removed from this or or something. Yeah. So that, because that in and of itself too will like quelch all the gossip and whispers and all, did you, hear, did you hear this? Or what about that? You know what I mean? I've seen that um, be really like almost like bread because of the mystery that was like yeah. all surrounding it. You know well, what I mean? Well, and sometimes you just, you, you can't control rumors. Yeah. You can't control things. And sometimes just quite honestly, it's not everyone's business to know what happened. Yeah. And so, and, there's, and, and you know, there's a level of like detail and everything else. There but, is. And it also depends on what level of your ministry. Sure. And so, um, you know, if you pastor a church of like 50 people and, 
and something happened. You said, listen, that doesn't need to be plastered all over right. everything. Yeah. Church family, keep it in your church family. Yeah. Um, but if this guy's a national person, you may want to be a little clearer. Yeah. Um, yes. because yeah. And I will say thousands the- and millions of people yeah. have followed the leadership yes. of this person. So that's why every situation is unique. It is. Yeah. Um, give the benefit of the doubt, give grace and lots of mercy. Yeah. Um, it's the old thing of you don't know until you have walked in their shoes. Yeah. You know, I think if we would do more of that, yeah, uh, we would be a little more gracious. Yeah, I don't want to know what it's like to walk in the pastor's wife's shoes of um, a pastor's wife whose husband pastors tens of thousands of people. Yeah, I don't want to know that. Yeah, I don't want to know that. Yeah, and whereas people may think it's glamorous, mm. it ain't. Yeah, and it, I think people have this itch. I've even recently like some stuff has come up being a pastor's kid. You see a lot, you hear a lot. And I've just learned through that. People think they want to know more about sticky situations, but then once you know it, you can't unknow it. And I have said to my husband about some stuff in the last, you know, nine months to year, um, where I've just said where he will find even something about like as simple as like my brother, you know, like mm-hmm. I'll, you know, me and my brother don't rat each other out about some stuff growing up, and, but sometimes we will. Right? Yeah. He'll, he'll like know some stuff about Jonathan or know some stuff about whatever. And I'll just tell, he's like, do you want me to tell you this thing about this, this person that we know? Or, or tell me. Or tell yeah. mom. And I'll be, and I'll just tell him now, like, um, if it's something that's going to like, I'm not going to be able to forget, I don't actually want to know. Yeah. If I don't need to know, I don't, I don't need to know. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. we think we want details. But once you know details, oh, the you can't flesh ever yeah. forget that. And yeah. you will never be able to look at that person the same. And yeah. I'm yep. just like, if it if I don't need to know, I don't need to know. Just yeah. be satisfied with the and you know, ambiguity, ambiguity of yeah. not knowing. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. that word is. Yeah. There's ambiguity. There's yeah. just a, a yeah. comfortableness there. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't need to know Mark, what you don't need to know. Mark protects me from from a lot because I'm curious and I want to, you know, like, well, yeah. and he's like, no. No. And, and he even calls me out too. He's like, I don't want to know that, that I don't need those details. I right. don't. And he's like, stop. And I'm like, well, okay. Well, yeah, how all right. quickly all right. we can tear someone down in someone else's eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't need to be torn down. Yeah. 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 Leadership's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of tough things we talked about today. Um, and just conversations that, we, we kind of play out in our heads with ourselves, um, mm-hmm. but just getting other people's perspective on it, um, just trying to think about people outside of yourself. Um, leadership is something that we all experience in some capacity. You hold impact and influence in some way, the way you um, use that to be positive or negative and hopefully it is fueled by integrity and character that is based on the word and time with the lord um that will never steer you wrong that is Mm. the safest place as a leader is to be as close to the one in you that is hopefully leading you Mm. um he will never lead you to make the wrong decision if it's based on you know his voice and his word um so thank you guys so much for listening we're going to wrap it up with our fun cup question on a way lighter note (laughs) <laughs> which is something Thank you. super, <laughs> super superficial, which is what is your favorite outfit to wear right now? Shorts and a T-shirt. <laughs> what kind of shorts? <laughs> Denim, athletic, um, yoga shorts. What kind of shorts? Uh, I have two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have two. <laughs> 
<laughs> denim with like the like little like the fr- like what I'm wearing right now right like the, frill, the distressed like the dist- at the yes, bottom distressed, distressed hem. I like all distressed denim but anyways um and then the second one is um they're like they're like not they're not athletic material but they're like black almost like dress pants style or linen yeah. yeah but they're nice and loose flowy anything with an elastic waist yeah, yeah. elastic <laughs> waistband please can i just like still wear maternity clothes yeah. okay <laughs> like that's actually acceptable yeah those are the comfiest clothes ever yeah. but anyways yeah that's it and then a t-shirt yep t-shirt all right it's summer what mm. are your shoes you want to add a pair of shoes to your favorite oh house? i love jesus sandals <laughs> Jesus sandals. <laughs> Please explain that for those that don't know what you're talking like, about. Like Birkenstocks, like the two straps. Jesus like wore simple. Birkenstocks. I know, yeah, yes. I'm sure there were Birkenstocks. He had the name brand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually don't own any Birkenstocks, but like the that that style. Yeah, the fake ones. Yeah. I have like 50 pairs of not really, but anyways, yeah. I like yeah. they're just like the slides yeah, yeah, yeah. where I don't yeah. have to like bend over to put them. Yes, yes. If, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm a clothy person. I mean, I just, my favorite like outfit outfit right now is a linen blazer with um, some flare jeans. And I have gotten a few t-shirts to wear and I wear it with my Nike platform, Nike, what are they called? Your C- shoes? Yeah. Uh, court. Oh, they're court. like court, right? No, court? no, no, I forget what they are. But there they is have a like platform. A, a Nike court legacy is a different version of that, but there's yeah. like a, a low top. Bl- it's called the blazer. I think no, the, the Nike not- low top blazer. No, that's not what it's called. But anyway, um, they're cute. Yeah. Whatever they yeah, are. Yeah, that is like my favorite <laughs> outfit outfit, but I kept noticing like, you know, Erica and them just, you know, wearing just like a simple black Adidas pair of shorts or like a <laughs> Nike pair of shorts. I'm like, I don't have anything that simple. And so I got a pair at the outlets that we went to recently and I've worn them like every day (laughs) and with just a simple t-shirt. And then my shoes are like these, I think the brand name is like a cozy. I don't know. I have them on today. Um, I get asked about them everywhere I go. And I'm like, don't buy the name brand ones because they're not as soft. Mm. And so I found these ones that are super cushy because I have all these problems with my feet. So I wear them all the time. But my favorite nice shoes other than those Nikes are my son and my daughter. Like I saw these Michael Kors shoes in Marshalls or what was uh, TJ Maxx one time. Was that last year's birthday? Uh, I, I think, think it was, it was two years oh, ago two years now. birthday. Like yeah. months previous to her birthday, she had been, she literally texted our family group. Yeah. And she was going through DJ Maxx looking for other things, I'm sure. Yeah. But just <laughs> casually, accidentally walked through Your the uh, shoe yeah. size uh, row that yes. she happens to have. And so she was like, oh, no, she mentioned it casually in conversation. Yeah. Because even for TJ Maxx, they were $100. Oh, and yeah, like, they were that is, and she, yeah. all she said was, yeah. oh, there was this pair of like Michael Kors shoes. Um, that's all she said. <laughs> She didn't describe the way they looked, and she well, didn't I say what size. Some. Yeah, no, you literally only said there was this pair of Michael Kors shoes at TJ Maxx. That oh, if I just had you know like a hundred dollars <laughs> to blow, I would I would love to have them. Yeah, I make I'm a really good person of like picking up on like things like that. Yeah, and I immediately put it in my phone. Yep. I made a note about it. Yeah, the notes app. <laughs> and like four, like I went the following weekend. Yeah, knowing her birthday is like four months away still. Yeah, but I went and I went to TJ Maxx only knowing Michael Kors, but because I know my mother so well. Yes, <laughs> oh, I everyone knew. needs an Erica in their life. I know. I know people's styles like to a T. Like I, I know I can buy clothes for people, and I 
knew, I walked down and I knew her size. I'm kind of like going, you know, to the range of her size. And then I'm looking for Michael Kors, Michael Kors. And I will say there was like two or three there, Michael yeah, Kors yeah. shoes there. Yeah. All uh-huh. different styles. Yeah, because it's not that they're Michael Kors. Right. She's yeah. never, she's I could like, care less about that. The style. So yeah. I was like, oh, there's like two or three pairs. But when I saw this certain pair, I was like, that's it. I don't even need to look at the price tag. I just knew this is the pair of shoes because I know my mother so well. And they're like these super platform wooden slip-on uh-huh. clog, very summer, spring. Uh-huh. And they have this gold, it's white big, leather strap with gold. a big gold chain. I was Actually like, a little off-white. Off-white. Yeah. And without even knowing, I was like, oh, those are it. I picked them up. And like just to confirm that I my I was right, I was like, it said like, you know, the price. And I was like, yep, this is them. And so, so she told her brother to give her the other half. So we split the cost. He Venmoed me and and then I kept them for four months. And then on her birthday, I was like, here you go. And then, and then she's like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> did you go to TJ Maxx like the next week and they were gone and you're like, we're like heartbroken? No, I knew $100. Like I don't, I usually don't spend over $20, $25. Yeah. And that's like, like I like to find on like around $10 or $12. Yeah. But yeah. yeah There's no way. $100 shoes? Absolutely uh-uh. yeah, not. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. But yeah, I was very <laughs> impressed with myself. Yes. yes. That was, uh, um, everyone needs that. Yes. Yeah. Will so, you be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> and will you and Jonathan buy her $100 pair of shoes? Yeah. Just drop in. That's yeah. all I got to do. Um, so t- for my answer, mine's pretty easy. I love wearing all black all the time, even though today sitting here, I'm yeah, very, very out of colorful. character for myself. I'm wearing yellow which I hate. I hate yellow, <laughs> pink, red, orange. All those colors of the wheel, I hate. The sunset colors, hate them. Uh, or girly like colors. Hate no like pink, yellow, uh, orange, okay. red. I don't like that sector of the color wheel. Okay. Not for me. I'm more black, white, navy blue. That's yeah. that's me. Or like yeah. a deep green. That's like a that's yeah. reaching out for me. <laughs> but um so normally I love me a black graphic tee. Whether it's got a singer mm. on it, it's got one of my favorite yeah, movies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whoever it has a favorite place, movie, singer, actor, I don't know, something like that. Um, and then either, it depends on where I'm going. If I'm, just, if I'm allowed around the house or doing errands, I'll do like little yoga shorts or yeah. uh, little athletic shorts, like Mama was saying, little yeah. mm-hmm. black, you know, athletic shorts um, with a little sneaker. Or if I'm going like to church, then this is a bloated question for Erica. <laughs> you, you gave two answers too. And you gave two answers. So you know what? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. If I'm going to church or like out for like a date or a dinner or a friend's house, I'll do the same graphic black tea or white tea. All you catch me in is a black or white graphic tea, but I'll just put jeans with it. And my signature thing and a blazer. Yeah, Sometimes I'll add a blazer. Jacket. Yeah. It depends on the weather. Yeah. A denim jacket or a blazer is yeah. is my thing. But my signature move every oh, single day. What's your signature my, move? Not today, though. My <laughs> signature move is the French tuck. For years now, I have been tucking in my shirt into whatever shorts or pants I'm wearing because I'm a more petite framed person. I'm not skinny by any means, but I'm like petite. Plus, I don't have a torso. I have like normal <laughs> legs, but I have no stomach. It goes straight from like rib bone to hip bone. There's no <laughs> abdomen in there. So to give myself a waist, all you got to do is do the French tuck is just right in the front. Hmm. It's just right in, into the zipper. Hmm. You can leave the back and the sides out, but it's just that little front and it gives you a waistline visually for people to see you have, you know, more of a... Yeah, I started doing that too. You it know, helps I, visually. A little, a little bit more pudgy around that area. And I hmm. told her, because she originally told me like, don't, doesn't that actually accentuate you know, any weight in the front area? I'm like, no, 
it actually, I've read stuff about, I've watched enough TikTok videos <laughs> and it, it's true. I wonder if I start trying this. Does it's it work on apple shapes? Yes, it works on all shapes. <laughs> you actually want to highlight the part of your body. The pudge? Yes, you do. Just a little. In the tuck, right way. Just a little right. tuck in. That's all you got to do. I'm going to need you guys you to dress me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, there's you a tip. Do a little French tuck moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. The next episode, we are going to be talking about fear, peace, and craving calm. So come back next week for that episode, and we will catch you on that one. Hey, sisters. Thank you all so much for spending your time with us. We are excited and expectant for everything Jesus is going to do through these conversations. If you found this encouraging, insightful, or it brought you some moments of joy or laughter, go ahead and share this episode with your spiritual sisters to keep today's conversation going. Then come on back and hang out with us on the next episode of The Iron Women.